Well, good morning, Life Church. How are you? Doing well this morning? That is a super long video. It's like double dutch. You just got to know when you, all right, it's almost my time to jump in. Okay, no, there's still some more to come. But so, hey, it's good to be with you all this morning. As Analia said, we are continuing on in our Summer at Life Church series. And so uh, it's a joy to speak two weeks in a row. So you've had to indulge me last week. I'm sorry, you have to put up with me again this week. But I'm honored to be here in the place of our senior pastors, Aaron and Tammy Cole. Can we give them a round of applause for their visionary leadership? That uh, Sometimes the best thing a leader can do is know when to rest. And so uh, I'm excited for our, our fall here at Life Church and glad I can be of support uh, during some of these summer uh, months. So what I want to talk about today is the glory of God, the glory of God. I'm going to be transparent because I know not many of us are, okay? It's all right. Um, There's a lot of times that I act like I know what things mean when I really don't. Has anyone else ever done that before? Right, because we don't want no one to know that we don't know what they don't mean, you know, what they're meaning. We don't understand it. I don't know. But there's a lot of times that I act, right? And then it's like when someone calls our bluff, we get frustrated. You know, so we think if we get louder, that's going to just justify our case. Because we don't know. And because we don't know, we don't utilize things properly. Because the better knowledge we have of something, the better utilization we have of it, right? And so anybody like me grew up in church and we just have all these churchy terms and the sweet by and by and, you know, um, God, God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And that's true. That's true. But it's until I'm humble enough to admit there's things I don't understand that I begin to experience the power of what those statements actually mean. And that's what the glory of God is. It's an understanding of who God is. Because your understanding of who God is makes any situation beautiful. Because within God, there is no ugliness that resides. Your understanding of who God is is the ability to see God in every situation. Not just good situations, but in every situation. The grace of God for for the new believer is the light that illuminates your path. You've been walking in darkness, but now you realize, wow, there's a... Reality far beyond what I've experienced, and so I'm excited to join the party. For, for those of us who've been walking with the Lord for a long time, the glory of God is that passion that sometimes grows dim that needs to be reignited to, to help me understand why I do what we do. Instead of just, I went to church that week. It is, I had the ability to partner in what God was doing through the church. It's the ability to say that, God, there's so much more of you, so much more of you than to the outcome of this situation. But sometimes the situation becomes our God because we think that all there is to the situation is what the situation can offer. And we forget that there's a God that not only is inside the situation, he reigns outside of it too. So he can fix it. The glory of God is the hope of God. And sometimes in order for God's glory to get revealed, something has to break. 
The cross is the greatest form of God's glory. It's ugly to the natural eye, but it's beauty in the eyes of God. Because when there's brokenness, we can have access to who God is. So it's in that honesty that you're like, wow, now I get it. I've heard what the glory of God is. Now I can apply it in my life. And it's like, you'd feel like you're the new guy when you come to a revelation and everybody else at the party knew it. It's like, hey, did you know? Yeah, oh, man, you feel deprived. But there's so many times, friends, that I I realize and I, I wish, if I can be transparent this morning, that I didn't let my situations rule me. That I didn't let my situations rule my moods. There's so many times that I wish I could see the power of God in the ugly situation so that even though the situation is ugly, I could still remain beautiful. But I said, you know what? I don't want to miss any more of my life. In life, there's promised ugly, but the glory of God is the ability to see the beautiful in the ugly. And so understanding what the glory of God is, it's imperative to know how it's made up. And I want to do that with our text in Mark chapter 9 is just talk about the components that uh, uh, make up the glory of God through his son, Jesus. Jesus is the best of God's work. He's the perfection of God manifested in the form of a human. And sometimes we can get so familiar with the thought of Jesus that we forget who he is and what he represents. And here in Mark, unpacking who Jesus is helps us get an understanding of not only why do we need the glory of God, but why we need to apply it in our life. So in Mark chapter, um, chapter 9, let's start in verse number 1, shall we? The Bible goes on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing right here, right now, will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance transformed. And his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Can you imagine walking up a mountain with Jesus and him literally transforming in front of your eyes? And sometimes we think that, well, Jesus may have played favorites, and that's why he had Peter, James, and John. But sometimes God loves us enough to, to spend some extra attention with us because he knows we need it. He knows we may not catch it as fast as some of the others, so I'm going to spend a little bit more time with you so you can catch up to where everybody else is. And so a lot of this was that so that they could get a clearer understanding of who God is because he knew this, that... The cross was going to come. His death was around the corner. But I don't need the ugliness of my death to change your reality on how there could be beauty in life. I don't want you to be so scarred by what happens to me that you miss the power of who I am. 
I don't want you to get so locked in the moment that you miss the entirety of what I have for you. And because he knew that their experience of the cross would have that much of an, uh, an impact on them, he said, I need to transfigure. I need to show you a little bit about who I am. So in the ugly moments, you remind yourself of the beauty of who God is. And there were aspects to who God was that appeared through Jesus. And the first one was his sinlessness. The beautiful thing about this is, now here's the beautiful thing, and I think about this, and here's why, because uh, my wife is good at keeping me humble, because uh, she points out all of my imperfections. Is it, can I get an amen from husbands, right? Like, girl, give me a compliment. I do better when you talk better about me. I'm sensitive. I got feelings too. I don't know how to express them, but I have them. <laughs> you don't appreciate the value of something until you've been in need of it. See, some people don't appreciate what salvation is because they don't truly understand the need for salvation. Until you needed help, you don't appreciate when someone comes. Until you've being broke, you don't appreciate what it is to have wealth. Until you've survived a famine, you're not grateful for a monsoon. Until you've been through some of the situations that I've been through, you don't get to dictate the outcome of who I am. Because if you knew what it took, you would have a higher value for it. And if you realize that it took Jesus' life for you, your view of salvation would have a higher value because you realize the only way I could get to God is through Jesus. And everything I can do, the only thing I can do is fail. I was born into sin. That's my nature. I was born into imperfection, but my route to perfection is Jesus. And so you know what? I'm glad when Jesus appeared that day, in purity, there was possibility. Woo, that's good. In purity, there was possibility. It gave us a hope that, listen, I don't have to take on the behaviors of my circumstance because though my circumstance is ugly, there's a possibility that it could be beautiful again. Though I've got too many stains on the dress, there's an opportunity that this is the world's most profound uh, uh, bleach, and it can remove any stain. Though the situation is ugly, there's still a possibility for beauty. And when you understand that, you receive the gift of salvation. Because you know, I'm not perfect, but whew, God still loves me. You know you've become grateful when you live your life with a different mindset. You know, sometimes you have to make yourself love the moment by thinking of a worser moment, <laughs> right? There's sometimes I'm just, if I'm being honest with you all this morning, there's times I'm in my life and I don't like a situation. I say, you know what? I could be in hell. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, that's what I deserve. But if I don't have any other reason to smile than that I don't have to spend eternity in hell, then I can have a good day today. You know what? Things aren't going as I anticipated them to go. And so because they've knocked me off course, now I'm no longer secure. But uh, the only thing I'm secure in is that if Jesus comes back tonight, because I've accepted him, I have access to the Heavenly Father too. It's that knowing in the ugly that there could be beautiful. 
And when you realize you've had ugly in your life, Jesus gives you a little bit more value because you understand that everything he's doing is for you. Sometimes we don't appreciate people until we, until we know that the actions of what they're doing is to give us a better opportunity. You know, I thought about it this morning, right? I pray this. And husbands, take after me. Lord, help me be a better husband. Right? Just, I pray that every day. Lord, help me be a better husband. And there'd be days where I would just get impatient, like, Tiffany, hurry up, girl. Let's go. We got to go. Hurry up. Until I realized she asked me her, my opinion of how do I look. I said, man, you, you do look good. And I realized that all she was doing is, actual, is accentuating the beauty of who God is in her so that I could see more of her beauty. So this entire situation that I was frustrated with was so that I could have a better time because I got a beautiful wife. Why am I saying this? Because the enemy will keep you so robbed and ugly that you never see beautiful. Sin is a loss of hope. Salvation is the key to hope. And here's some things we got to remember when it comes to sin, friends. God's not contaminated by our sin. He consumes it. To think that God is contaminated by our sin is to think that we have impact over God, and that's not the case. To think that God can't handle what you go through. God can take all of what you go through and some and still have a great capacity left. That's what makes him sovereign. So when Jesus appeared to, to them that day, he said, there's going to be moments in your life that life is hard. And there are going to be moments that you thought a situation would go a certain way and it doesn't go that way. But in those moments, if you can't find value in anything else, find value that I died for you. You were a sinner, but because of my sacrifice, you now have access to the heavenly father. And if you have no other reason to be glad, just to be glad that you can have eternity with me. That's all you need. Just that realization there's going to be times, boys, where sometimes doing what's wrong looks better than doing what's good. Can I get an amen? Oh, you don't understand the beauty of fatty foods until you've been on a diet, okay? <laughs> you start going on a diet, stuff you used to not eat start looking good. You know, wow. I think being broke is the gateway to creativity because you begin to see the value in everything. Oh, wow. Because sometimes money will hide value. Ooh, y'all don't hear me preaching this morning. <laughs> but why am I saying that? Because the value of God saving your life should be enough to get you up in the morning. Be that, yes, you made the mistake. Yes, you're not perfect. Yes, you do have those insecurities. Yes, you say you won't do it again, and sometimes you mess up and do the same things you said you wouldn't do ever again. But despite you, there's still a possibility. Aren't you glad this doesn't ride on you? <laughs> so sometimes when you're having a bad day, you just need to rejoice in the Lord. 
The psalmist prayed, God, keep me back to that place where when I first was saved that I was excited. Restore the joy of my salvation. You remember how happy you used to be just because you knew that you didn't have to go to hell? Woo! Especially if you're raised like me, right? I grew up in a black charismatic church, and every Sunday I thought I was going to go to hell. So when I found out I wasn't going to hell, woo! Thank God for liberty. Amen. Life begin to change. I'm free. All y'all tradition. You mean all I got to do is accept Jesus? Man, forget y'all. You know. It's like going through baggage claims. Sir, you didn't clear check. You know who my daddy is? You know who I am? <laughs> Get arrogant in my life. You know who I am? <laughs> That's being able to see yourself and how God made you, though, because you're a child of God, you're royalty. Royalty does not mix itself with any and everything. Royalty has a certain standard that's acceptable for them. The beauty of salvation is to be able to see your life for the goodness of what God made and not have the reality of your life defined by the bad moments you've experienced along the way. The beauty of God is that the bad moments that I experience, he can actually use to produce the good moments that have yet to come. That's salvation. There was another aspect of who God was that appeared that day. It was the sonship of God. The, the sonship of God. The glory of his sonship. In verse number five, it says this. Peter exclaimed. I love Peter. Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he really didn't know what else to say. You've never been that way, right? For they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. I like that, and they saw only Jesus with them. Sometimes the only hope you need is in a, in a situation is in the fact that Jesus is with you. Everything else I thought was solid is now gone, but the only solid thing is that Jesus is with me. That's the glory of his sonship. Because Peter did the best he could. Peter was like us. You know what sin is? Sin is man's attempt to get it right. <laughs> And failing to remember that rightness only comes from God. So there can be no rightness without God. And Peter meant well. He said, well, we should build a memorial. This was an awesome experience. This should be remembered forever. But Peter, what he didn't understand was this was a reality and not an experience. Monuments and statues were built for things that had, were, were past past then, not for now happening. And he didn't realize that this wasn't a good moment in the life of a believer. This was an everyday reality. Because in Jesus, there was also Moses and there was Elijah. Moses represented the prophecy in all of the Old Testament that would prophesy of the coming Messiah. What it was saying is, listen, in our reality of, of ugly, there's a possibility for beautiful. And he's coming through Jesus. 
There's a possibility for us to experience life beyond all that, that we've encountered, and his name is Jesus. And he was prophesied throughout the, the entirety of the Old Testament. And then um, there was Elijah. And Elijah represents a type of Christ. And while Elijah represents a type of Christ, he also helps us to see the finished work that God has done as well. Because though God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he loved us enough to, not let, to have to allow us to go through it. Grace. Grace. So what am I telling you? His mercies are new every morning. Your mountaintop experiences with God can start being a reality, not experiences, if you're mindful of who he is in your life. When I remember who Jesus is, I start smiling. When I think about what Jesus done for me, I start being grateful. When I think about his sacrifice, I stop complaining. When I think about somebody's got it a little bit worse than me, I get over my pity party. Because sometimes my ugly helps me to see God's beautiful. And that's why I don't beat myself up over mistakes, because all things work together for the good. To them who love the Lord, that are sons. Another thing about the sonship of God was Jesus was not God's second choice, friends. Jesus was not the solution because God couldn't be there. Jesus was God's form of being there. I'm preaching today. And sometimes we think, well, God wasn't available, so he sent Jesus. No, no. Jesus represents who God is. He's God in the flesh. So when you think of what God did for you, he didn't give his second best. He gave his very best. He gave his very best to accept our very worst. I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem like a fair exchange. But I thank God for grace. Amen. I thank God that I've got access to things I didn't pay for. It's on Jesus' account. I'm just a spoiled brat. You know, I spent the money, but he fixed the problems. You know, that's who Jesus is. He's a pressure reliever because this doesn't rely on us. It relies on him. And who is he? He's the son of God. So that answers this hard theological question. How can purity be mixed with the divinity? Jesus. He's the factor that can bring both together. So what's the beauty of God's sonship? Even when the things you've had faith in fail you, it helps you remember that Jesus is still there. Sometimes you don't know him to be a comfort until you've been unemployed. Wow, I'm just saying amen to myself. Sometimes you don't know him to be a breath of air until you couldn't breathe. Sometimes you don't get the, 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 the impact that the, the not guilty verdict has until you've been guilty. We're conditioned to, with cause and effect. If I make a mistake, I'm going to get disciplined. You know what grace is? Making a mistake and somebody else taking your discipline. What? And sometimes... And finding confidence in everything and everyone but God, we miss the security of the sonship of God. 
I may not be anything to anyone else, but I'm still God's child. Amen. And when he looked at Jesus and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, now I'm intertwined with the blood of Jesus. So he don't even see my mess. He just sees the beauty of his son. Winning. The last thing is this. There was the beauty of Christ's suffering. So what is the glory of God? The glory of God is the beauty of God displayed in the ugliness. And the beauty relies... It's, it's, it's the beauty of his sinlessness. It's the beauty of him being the son of God, but it's also the beauty of he, his suffering. Why am I saying this? Because if we don't understand the beauty of his suffering, then it makes his death in vain. Because it's the understanding of his suffering that allows us to have life. But can I just encourage somebody this morning that sometimes in order to have glory, you have to go through glory? And nothing looked good about the cross. But for God to have the ability to be reconciled with broken people like you and I, Jesus had to go through the gory. And if you don't think of the value of why he did it, the action won't be appreciated. The worst of pain that anyone could feel, he took on. Because watch this. He looked to the other side of the cross, and on the other side of the cross was you and I. And so he said, listen, the beauty of who you are makes the pain of right now worth it. And knowing that you have access and relationship with a God that feels that way about you, that he would allow his best to die, the knowing of that is the ability to see God in every situation. Why? Because my faith doesn't come from circumstances and situations. My faith comes from the God of the situation. And can I tell somebody something this morning? He's no longer puzzled by the situation. He defeated the entire situation. The beauty of his suffering. Let's go on to look in in verse 9 of our text, it says, As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Then they asked him, Why do the teachers of the religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? You know the the saddest revelation there is is not the fact that Jesus came is that he came and people still don't know that he did and so they're still waiting on a hopeful or expected outcome when Jesus already fixed the problem to the outcome so this is the power of his suffering they knew that, listen, though you may see Jesus on that cross, and it's hard to look at because the weight of who you are really is, it's tough to look at the essence of who you really are, but the ability to look at that, 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 that ugly image of the cross and still see beauty is to see who God is. Because the things in your life you try to run away from, God is running to. And the things in your life that you like least, God loves most. That's the glory of God. 
Bible says, think on these things. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So if the glory of God is the ability to see God, the glory of God is having the mind of Christ because I know Christ is in any and all of my situations. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Every step I'm taking, he's already taken with me. And because of his suffering, I now can have access to who God is. So he didn't die in vain. So things may be hard in my marriage, but God still died for me. Yep, you may be guilty, and you may have made the mistake, but God still saw you valuable enough to die for. Yeah, it may be that, no, it's not that you struggle with past sins, you struggle with present sins, and you don't want anybody to know you struggle with present sins, but here's the beauty of the situation, that God still died for you. Because the glory of God does not just rest in comfort. The glory of God can reside, can reside in broken places too. Because if you think that God is for you, every situation you go through is God making you more like him. And in your seasons of defeat, it's just teaching you to be more reliable upon God. Because he's, he's making you more like him. That's the goal to make you more like him. That mindset allows you to endure hard times. That mindset allows you to cope when people you love pass away. That mindset allows you to have a self-esteem without finding who you are by someone else's like or Twitter follow. That, that, that finding gives you peace in the midst of famine. That, that finding can give you joy and a self-esteem though you're unemployed. That, that finding says no matter how bad this situation, there still is hope. The glory of God is to see the possibility of God in impossible situations. Can somebody give him a praise this morning? And sometimes we, looking at our own life, it looks impossible. But the glory of who God is, is God, you are the possibility in the impossible. So I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for situations. Because some of you feel like it's been too much and I'm falling apart. And I need to help you understand that the best thing you can do is fall apart. Because the multiplication of who God is, is not just in the holding it together, it's in the breaking and he broke his bread and he broke his body for us and that's one of the greatest things that could ever been done. So don't think that your broken season is a waste. It's your brokenness that gives you more opportunity to be like God. Because it's the brokenness that helps you see that I need him. So I'm thankful for problems I can't fix. I'm thankful for questions I don't know the answer to. Because I know I don't have to. I know he does. And because I don't have to live with that pressure on myself, I understand that I'm free from sin. Because my being right with God has nothing to do with me and has everything to do with Jesus. So just like on the mountain that day when Jesus transfigured, sometimes all you, when you look up, you won't see Pastor Greg tomorrow. You won't see this awesome worship team. You'll see that boss that you can't stand. But when you see the boss that you can't stand, it doesn't change the reality that Christ 
is the sinlessness of God. He's the son of God. And he brought beauty to the suffering that God allowed. Doesn't change that reality. And so therefore, I'll live my place from what he said about me, not what I pick up along the way. I want to pray this morning for impossible situations. Maybe your life right now is impossible for you, and you say, I need God in my life, and our prayer partners will be down here after service to pray with you more uh, extensively. Or maybe there's a component of your life. You're like, you know what? I've been worried about my children. I need to give them back to God because they belong to him. I've been worried about my marriage. I need to give my marriage to God because it belongs to him. I've been trying to fix problems that don't belong to me, and my attempt to fix the problems has only given me more stress and anxiety. But today I'm going to give my impossible situation to a possible God. You know what the glory of God is? God bringing possibility to where there's impossibility. So as we pray, we're going to ask for the glory of God to fall. So, Lord, all over this place, there's, there's situations, there's, there's families represented, there's needs, there's desires, God. There's, there's hearts that have been broken. There's bodies that are in need of healing. There are, there, there are lost that need to be found. There are depressed that need to have joy. There are broken, but there's still some that just need to know they're still beautiful. And so, God, we just ask today that you would do what you do. It's not just show up in situations, but God, that you would move in situations. God showing up in the situation makes it good. But when God moves in the situation, it makes it miraculous. And some of us, we've been content with God showing up in our situations. But coming to the reality of who you are and what you can't do, helps you see more of who God is in the situation, and it gives him the ability to move. And so, Lord, we come to the ends of ourselves, and we cast all our cares on you because you care for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.